another brace of new BMHKs on perspective with Treasury members Sarah Maltby and Andrew Smith talking about the financial support packages government announced this week to try to address the cost of living crisis. Have they been effective in their first year? Is it okay to say one thing at election time and then shift your position after? Do we expect too much of our wannabe politicians or are we right to expect clear policies on which we can hold them to account? Is Treasury's iron grip on government finances slackening? And if it is, is that good or bad? I began by asking Sarah Maltby about the financial support being offered by government and why she thinks it's so important for government to intervene. Well, that's to my Phil, and thank you for the opportunity to come and talk to you today. Yeah, there has been a big announcement this week. Uh, this is just another staged intervention from the government to give confidence to people out there that we are listening to them we are trying to react but also trying to help them plan for the next couple of months this is another stage in the targeted support that we'd like to try to get to people um but yeah this is just a another chapter in this book that seems to be uh developing into quite a long story actually so yeah it's it's another step further along uh, to trying to get to people to give people confidence that we are responding to their needs and have you uh, have you actually had a lot of uh, people on to you uh, raising oh. concerns about this? Oh, I yes, no, it's uh, it's, it's fantastic. I, I do have a good social media um, account, and people do contact me. Um, I, you know, they know that I'm available, and they know how to get in touch with me, and I encourage people to do so. Uh, I share my contact details regularly, but they also do get in touch with the social security office, and through social security, then we have regular meetings and updates, and we try to filter all that information then back to the Treasury Minister and he obviously takes that on to Coleman. So yeah, we do have a good open communication uh, and I think that's vital because at this this time with the uh, landscape changing so much, so quickly, we really can't predict what's going to happen. Not securely could predict anyway um, I think it's vitally important that we keep those communication channels open and we communicate to the, the people who are outside waiting for those announcements you know and I think it's vitally important that we get that correct. And uh, Andrew Smith I mean the um, departments uh, can run in a, in two different ways I've experienced both the one is a very open way in which the treasury minister or whoever the minister of the department is directly engages with their political members gives them an equal voice in terms of decision making uh, the other way is the uh, the minister makes the decisions and informs the members at some later stage so so which of those scenarios has, has been the one uh, which uh, you've uh, found well, I think obviously, um, and good afternoon to uh, to you for and all the listeners. I think one of the things that I found, obviously, history in Treasury previously as a civil servant, so I had um, I could view it from the opposite side of the coin, if you wish. But what my hope when when I first came in, and I think most members came in on this ticket to a certain extent, was openness and transparency, and I think that the what you've just described there as the, as the secret of Comin and one thing other is we're all trying to break that down at the moment and in actual fact the Treasury specifically and you may remember this I'm not, I'm, I know it's your interviewing us but I'm going to ha- pass some questions back to you because of your political history in your day you will remember the times when you probably had to go into Treasury to fight for your budget to fight to, fight to protect your corner or your specific need where we're now trying to be far more engaging as Treasury. And what we've done, I believe, as the Treasury team, and I'm not sure, this is not a when-I story, this is the Treasury team, have, we have initiated a review of the budget process. 
right, for this particular year, which means and this has been done to promote better engagement in the budget planning process mm -hmm. and to create a policy that encourages a more co collaborative culture mm -hmm. to ensure that access uh, across all government departments, we work together to achieve the best possible outcomes for our island. Mm -hmm. And we've done that by having workshops with both um, members and senior um, department officials, as well as the ministers. We've done that both, as I say, through that, um, we've done it through workshops, we've done it through round tables. Um, we've got another um, a meeting scheduled where they can come in and tell us what they're looking at, the, uh, what they're requiring from a budget perspective and recognise we're only in August. We're talking about a budget that will be delivered in February. We are trying to be far more open and transparent regarding this budgeting process because we know that by engaging people, then it's a lot better success uh, possibilities and uh, that collaborative approach. So that's what we've tried to do and we're ongoing with that. So you will see through the budgeting process that this will be revealed and um, all the necessary spending that departments require will have been fully open, transparent, way before, long before the actual budget process in February. And, and, and in terms of engagement with your constituents, I mean, are, are, are your constituents um, all uh, desperately concerned about the, the financial situation you know, the, 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 that's facing their, their homes? There are, there's a mixture, obviously, within Garth. Uh, we've got, there, there, are, there are a couple of issues that have been um, haunting them for many years, as you understand. I mean, if you want to mention it today, that's fine. But I will mention, obviously, flooding, which is an ongoing situation, uh, specifically in Garth, but yes, around other areas of the island, and we have to recognise that. And then, obviously, the sewage issue. Um, so, uh, along with those, as they see as priorities, yes, cost of living and uh, the current, especially gas, because many local businesses within Garth, Laxey especially, are on gas, so we recognise that. So uh, the, the current package that we've got released today obviously focuses on electricity, so we've also got to be cognizant of um, what we need, may have to do to support businesses through, especially uh, the hotel and, and um, catering sector, as to what, we can, what more we may be able to do. But you've got to recognise that we are... We've got a finite position in, in finances as well, to a certain extent. And and Sarah Maltby, I mean, the, the uh, John Wallenberg on last week's program uh, suggested that he wouldn't mind if uh, Manx Gas went uh, went bust. Alderman government effectively runs an electric the electricity delivery service. Um, they sell the gas to Manx Gas. Uh, would it not be simpler if the Alderman government just ran the lot? I think that's a huge question and actually not something that I could probably answer for you today, not being the minister. Uh, obviously, I'm here as Social Security delegation, so I'm not going to get into um, what Mr. Wannenberg has made in his statement, and that's for him to decide. Uh, I don't feel like that would have been the most responsible thing to do at the moment. What we're trying to do at the moment is shield cost, um, shield up our constituents, our residents on the Isle of Man and protect them to get them through this next six months and actually making statements such as that possibly for me is probably not helpful at the moment. So if we go in then to the actual package that's being offered, um, what, what are the, 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 the significant elements as far as you're concerned, Sarah? I mean, what, 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 uh, what do you think is going to have the biggest impact on your constituents? Uh, but the biggest impact, uh, the, the, uh, actually, I think there's a balance between all three. The, the obviously the headline is that we're going to cover the uh, we're going to um, freeze the electric uh, costs. That's the headline one, and that's the one that's going to reach the most universal uh, benefit, if you want to call it a benefit or uh, support, because it's going to go to businesses. 
everybody uses electric in one way or another. So I feel like that's obviously the most universal. When we come down to Social Security, we have been able to continue to repeat our fund um, support that we've been to get to people. And this isn't just people on income. I've read lots of things before that this is only for people on income-related benefits. But actually, no, it's not. It's reaching for people who are outside of that um boundary and actually that was the one the cliff edge that was one of the most important things for me I think standing up as a new member way back when feels like years ago now crikey it was only not even a year ago but that was one of the first things I said we must make sure we reach people who are just outside of the benefit um, support system uh, and, and I feel actually we have been able to do that yeah okay we could it could be better um, but we have to start somewhere and actually this was definitely a huge step for um, social security into the unknown but this is an unknown situation we have no idea where we're going with this and actually I feel really proud of the team down in social security because they have listened they've responded and they've been reactive but they've also planned we're planning ahead we planned for this a couple of months ago before we knew what was going to happen and we're now planning again for the next trend so this is what you have now in front of you and actually don't think oh that's it then that's me lot we are still responding and reacting and you will hear more from us and if you are struggling and you do need to talk to people Markwell House is open 901 Monday to Friday I feel like I say it constantly at the moment but we are there come and talk to us and share your, share your thoughts and in terms of um, the, the capped bus fares, um, is, is that uh, going to make that much difference, really? Well, it, it gives people a choice, doesn't it, Phil? You know, people might say, I would like to use the buses, but, you know, I just can't afford it, or it's not for me. Uh, or people actually might say, you know, actually, it's quite a good... You have Wi-Fi on the bus now, you can commute. Yeah, there's um, some problems down with the buses, but they are addressing those problems. They, this is why it's not starting from November. It gives we'll people give time, time yeah. to get themselves ready yeah. for it. But actually, it's, too, it's very easy to say, oh, well, it's not going to work. Let's try it. Let's just try it. And actually, this is, I, I feel that's the, how that's how Treasury has felt to me. I don't recognise, I don't recognise what Treasury would look like before because I wasn't there, you know, this is new to me. But actually, I feel happy to be in this department because I do feel actually we are making steps, more um, socially responsible yeah. steps, in my opinion. But the, the bus fare cap, Phil, as I can, said, it came out of one of our roundtable discussions. So th- this is all part of feeding in uh, the views of, of uh, the you know lot officers and, and MHKs. And the thing with that, I would suggest, is that for anyone that's on a journey that is you know currently more than £2, then it's a no-brainer. If you're bringing a car in from Peel, okay, and you've got the current, although oil prices are you know settling a little bit and, and uh, road fuel prices coming down, and then you've also got, parking when you get into Douglas then as long as we get over the hiatus that we've had recently regarding buses and drivers which they are looking to address which is why it's been delayed as Sarah said then it, I think I would suggest it's a no-brainer that people say just oh great yeah it's convenient jump on the bus get off in Douglas where I want to be uh, jump on the bus after work and go back so I would suggest that this is a great not 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 a great initiative but a great encouragement for people to say possibly continue using the buses and if that and if this trial period works then obviously we'll continue looking and and hopefully into the future we'll we'll have a better network and as a consequence people using our bus which is all also supporting active travel which we're trying to push from a government perspective and and of course this uh, makes a load of sense for the government as well because 
the cost of building, maintaining car parks, the cost of maintaining roads, um, yeah. etc., yeah. etc. The, yeah. These are all big, big expenses uh, that the government has to meet. This is all working towards the bigger picture. Mm. This is how people have to look. These are all. It may, may only see well two pound. You know, bus uh, capping two pound. What that that means nothing to me. I'm 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 suffering with major gas bills and electrics. This and that's one. But uh, hang on a minute. You know, all these are part of the bigger picture. The in the jigsaw that we're trying to, as I say, put together as a as a treasury board, you know, treasury officers and across government to try and help us in this um, these unprecedented days of uh, high inflation and uh, energy prices. And actually, even though the, the bus price has been capped at £2, you know, it does take some of the pressure off some people who do commute and this isn't new to them. This is something that they do daily anyway. So actually, this is just taking a little bit of pressure off them. Is, is it helpful? Well, we'll find out after the review in the trial. And, and again, effectively, the, the cap is introduced, uh, you, you said, later in the year, is it? Yeah, from November. From yeah. November. Yeah. And uh, the trial yeah. will be? To the end of January. Okay. 23. Yeah. Right. Um, so then the the other element to all of this that's, uh, that's not been mentioned so far, of course, is insulation and uh, you know, the, the improvements to the, 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 the Green Living Grant. It's reasonable to say we should have been doing this decades ago, really, shouldn't we? Um, but uh, it's great to see that something is, is starting yeah, to move. I think, in fairness, that many have been doing it over the years, and this is just another in, in, initiative to spur people on, possibly to consider more than they may have not already done or not started. But on the opposite side, we also have to recognise that sometimes retrofitting Manx-style properties and cottages is not quite as simple and, and straightforward as you would suggest regarding heat source pumps and things like that but loft insulation happy day is not a problem and if people haven't got that nowadays then you think that's that's an almost uh, a done thing with with uh, most older properties and newer but again it's another area that we believe is uh, obviously honoring our green policy and trying to uh, encourage people to to undertake that to better insulate the home, which means reduce heating bills, reduce costs, and it's um, you know again it's a win-win situation. Win-win. I'm not too sure why you wouldn't yeah. want to do it, you know, uh, unless you're obviously it's, it's getting that capital together to be able to do it. And hopefully, um, we if with the with the schemes in place and with the different materials and equipment and the different offerings that are going to be um, brought forward by DEFRA, I think you'll have more options and more choices i think like like you said phil we have been getting told for years we need to make changes look outside your window watch your documentaries on the telly you know you everyone's been saying the same thing but until it actually started hitting the pocket i don't think people really thought oh okay now it's on my doorstep it's actually not just at my doorstep it's in my home i now feel that this needs to be something that i do anyway so of course we would have liked people have done that from their own initiative and they're off their own um you know a choice that they've made and we have probably been forced into this now but that's where we are um, and so we need to make sure that we've got pl- things in place for people to be able to actually access to then make those choices and actually want to be able to support them into those and, and, and change I, behaviour. I suppose then in, in terms of government's uh, support for the housing building uh, programme um, is it 
uh, now the case that um, all houses are going to be built to sort of what, what they call passive house uh, standard, well, i.e. they don't need any heating because they're so well insulated? That, that, is, the, that, that is one of the keys that we're trying to um, continue to promote. Um, you'll see from, well, you'll probably pass it on regular bay, the uh, way the West Hill um, development in Castletown, uh, there where the, a lot of houses have been revamped, plus some was, have been rebuilt on the corner there by the traffic lights. They've all got solar panels on the roof. Um, there are one or two in fairness and I've raised this in Treasury but um, obviously it was be either before the green issue was a real uh, before my time or the, re- the green issue was a real um, incentive for them where there are one or two recently completed government buildings which mm-hmm. haven't got mm-hmm. so again I'm having to ask well can we retrofit to at least show you know show willing that we're, we're looking to try to do that but again there's a, there's a cost element to that and uh, we've got to re- put look at that in the round of all the other capital projects that we've got to um, to, 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 to look at uh, going forward but yes definitely we're looking at wherever we can to have green energy and green policies in place on new building critical still for housing for, 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 young, for young people and anyone that's looking you know uh, key workers anybody trying to we're, we're looking to welcome people here etc whatever profession they may be in key workers and housing is still a, a key issue and I think planning in certain areas does need to be addressed because I know of various um, areas of land which are zoned have had applications um, submitted and there is a I don't know it, it, there's, there's so many hurdles and, 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 and jumps to na- navigate and I just think that we somewhere along the line if we're looking to develop a, uh, and, and deliver a new economic strategy then planning is a crucial part of that I would just need. I think. I think we just need to try and get ahead around that a bit. Well, I think it's probably time we had a short break. You're listening to Perspective with MHK Sarah Maltby and Andrew Smith and me, Phil Gorn. Both of you uh, this time last year had no particular certainty as to what you were going to be doing um, by October. Uh, you were both busily uh, scurrying around your constituencies. Uh, hunting for votes and um, then of course come the election you've been made uh, politicians so not even 12 months yet into the job Um, do you think Sarah that people who are standing for the keys have any real understanding about just what the job entails uh, before they're elected. Now, I, mean, I suppose you've got a slight way in because uh, obviously having a, a dad who'd, who'd done it before um, uh, would give you some, some insight. But do you think most people do get it? I don't think, no. I, honestly, I don't think people really know what they're getting involved in. Um, it's it's a huge responsibility, but it's also a huge privilege. You know, it, it's something that you, you either either cut out for it or you're not really you can't you can't fake it you know you really need to be completely sure of your convictions your principles your ideas and your passion it needs to be there completely you can't just say oh well I think I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get them told it's far more than that you know you need the um, the community behind you obviously you need the votes to be able to get in in the first place but then when you're in there you need that support around you to be able to help you navigate just how challenging it is and I, I honestly don't think some people really know what they're getting involved in but I'd like to be able to say though although it is a, it is a big uh, responsibility 
we need more people to come forward and ask questions like what what is it like to be a politician in the Isle of Man and, and actually be honest and open because without doing that we're not going to actually attract any more people to stand you know it's if you if you if you just followed certain parts you think goodness I'm, it's not a chance I'm going to get myself involved in that whereas actually there is there is two sides to every story and actually it's it, it's an amazing privilege that we do have but yeah I, I would certainly recommend not want to put people off standing, but I would sort of say, actually go and talk to the politicians, talk to the people who are elected, uh, re- elected to represent you and actually get a, full, a fuller picture of what's actually involved in the job on the lead up and hopefully that might help you to yeah, make a decision to stand. Obviously also got the opportunity to have Tim Will Tours, yeah. uh, which uh, we, we, we can invite people, you know, Open we're free to invite people but, right. and, and you've, uh, schools, whatever it may be, yeah. younger people to get those engaged. And then also you've got the public gallery. If people are that interested, yeah. the, the, you know, if there's a, there may, we, we often get people that are on a, a, for a specific subject, so therefore they will in the public gallery. But it's open to the, you know, to others. But you know, commentators and hopefully for all the media to to give good commentary of what's happening in politics, and that should hopefully fire the enthusiasm for future politicians. And so, of course, uh, uh, the- we never know what's around the corner. I mean, when you think that Phil, that we were elected in uh, in the September and, and the first sitting back against the wall and we have to vote for gas 20 you know gas high, well, hang on a minute no, we want to say no to this well, well no we, yeah. well you can't if you say no to it look at the consequences and you think well we're we're, we're, we're over a barrel we're up against the wall what we have to but we had to do it Fortunately, for a few months down the road, managed to get the regulator in place. So therefore, and that's not a case of we're not abrogating our responsibility, but that's what everybody said as a responsible jurisdiction we should do, that, you know, that should be separate from government. So so then that, that, that's out with, out. but to have that responsibility, uh, you know, when you think, well, you know, all these good folk have just voted us in. Yeah. It's our first term. We, we, we're sat there and we've got to press the button to say yes to this guy. And, and, it, it, and nothing really can prepare you for that. It's all, it, Sometimes, yeah. you know, you get overawed by it, but you mm-hmm. can't be phased by it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Andrew, obviously, you, you a couple of weeks ago, you had uh, a uh, requisition meeting did, to, go, yeah. to go and address. So, obviously, there were some issues there. Um, so, 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 what was the purpose of the requisition meeting, as far as well, you understand? Uh, uh, well, from what I understand, uh, and I say the, the, the strange thing is that um, 12 people can call a requisition meeting, of which you don't, they don't need to turn up at the meeting. Uh, the person in this case, or, or body, uh, the person uh, given um, the invitation to attend doesn't have to attend because there's no power of the captain to do that uh, but the issue obviously was regarding as you've seen in the press assisted dying and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that and I believe that um, from the um, film that was done by Paul Moulton and I can mention a competitor in the studio I'm quite sure from Paul Moulton um, we gave a blow. Paul doesn't compete. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> he's a complimentary. He's yeah, complimentary. Of course, he's complimentary. Good old Paul. Well, that's one for Paul. Good complimentary. Um, I think that yeah, obviously pulled no punch. It was. It just left the camera running, which is fine. And the, the press have commented on it since. And um, but the actual outcome uh, is that I stated my case. I answered. I answered what the the people desired. I believe, and uh, it'll it it now move on. 
Um, obviously, it's a long, it's a, it's a, it's a major, major topic, uh, very, very emotive, and I'm quite sure it will run on uh, as it will have to do through the legislative process. But yeah, it was an unusual thing because, as, um, from my recollection, there are certain instances when requisition meetings have been called, but normally. The majority are around election time when you get quite a number, which I attended quite a few before the election in September. I think we had about five within the constituency. But maybe it's a it's a good thing, uh, Sarah Maltby, that uh, requisitions, perhaps ought, uh, meetings ought to be called more often to, uh, so that politicians can engage more with their constituents. Uh, you'd like to hope that you can um, get out to people and be feel more comfortable to approach you before it got to that stage to be honest um i'm very much out there in the community anyway i'm sure as i'm sure andrew is as well but you know i did a christmas card at christmas i've got two lap rounds of constituency before i actually even stood and then since then i'm out again with my community newsletter so if there's if there's anybody who's inviting comments and inviting scrutiny it's me at the moment because i'm i'm out there and i'm at the doorstep and actually you can't get any more raw and real than standing in front of somebody and them having their say with you um but then again if it's if that's what people want that's what people People want you, that's the that's the the process and that's the their right when, to do so. When you go into pro- politics, you know it's you, it's a very high profile life. You know it's it's your whole life, twenty four seven, three six five. Don't think you can just just Monday to Friday. And that's another thing that you know we heard one or two press uh, comments when we had the final sitting at Timber. Well, there you are packing up the sun cream and shorts, and they're off. At, well, the summer break. Hang on a minute. That mm-hmm. that's not the case whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Some may have had the opportunity to get a, a week or two weeks away, or whatever. But in fairness, I mean, um, we haven't had much time out. We, 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 this, this would never. If, if we'd all been a holiday, this package would never have been put together no. that we're talking about today in the uh, the economic uh, support package. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's get th- into perspective. But if you lead it, you expect to lead that high profile life. So therefore, you expect people to be able to be approachable, because otherwise. You, you wouldn't have received the the support on the doorstep if you weren't approachable. Uh, and the thing is that when you've been on the island or born on the island, then people should know quite a lot about your background already. So, you know, a lot of these barriers that I think are a bit, you know, a, a bit um, tenuous in, in fairness. So I don't think there are any barriers. There's no barriers to stopping anyone contacting people either in the street. You could talk anywhere. I mean, we're openly walked down. You know, we're in Tesco. We're in sh- all the, all the, all the shops okay. available, co-op. <laughs> Shop right, you know, wherever it may be. I say everywhere, you know, every every shop that I can think of. But you know, we are we're, we're out and about, so there's no reason why people can't say. And even if it's not the time to speak about the subject, so say, oh, uh, Andrew, uh, when you get a minute, could you etc. etc. So what I don't see, I do not see on the Alaman that being an issue whatsoever. You mentioned there that the uh, the financial package wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have been there. Um, now that flies in the face of the conventional wisdom that's out there, which is actually the politicians tinker around at the edges, but most of the real work is done by senior civil servants. Um, is that a, is there any truth in that perception uh, that uh, the public has, Sarah? No, I certainly not been my experience. Uh, I felt like I've ha- you've had to build relationships with the team around you, of course. Um, and actually, I wouldn't want to be a politician that went in and said, this is my view and I don't want to listen to anybody else's opinions or experience because I think I'm right on this. Now, if I'm feeling particularly uh, vocal, I may say, 
I'm sorry, but you need to go back. I want some more answers. Can you look into that a little bit more for me? But I think it's building relationships mm. with people. We can't, this is not a one-man band. Uh, it's a, it is a team of people. And actually, the more people who try to point score, the late, less we're going to get done. We've already, we're already a year in. Uh, you know, our manifestos, well, I'm not sure about yours. I have, didn't read it, Mrs. Smith, sorry. Um, but my manifesto, I was very realistic about, realistic about what I think I could actually achieve within five years because of the, my previous uh, historical interest in politics on the island. I knew that it is a, a huge machine. It's, it's, a, it's a, a big, uh, a big organisation. However... There are pockets within this organisation who are working incredibly hard and actually as a politician and a new person to this government, I found the the advice to be helpful, consistent and also reactive. If I say, I'm not sure about this, I'd like a little bit more information, please can you explain all these different acronyms to me for starters because this is like gobbledygook to me. Um, And they they will go out of their way to do that. Uh, The final final decision comes to the politicians and that as it should be and obviously the, um, the ministers take forward their um the direction yeah. based on what they feel Sarah says um phil there you know without the the treasury and we, we we may be biased because we're in treasury but without the treasury team and it's a big team uh you know but there are key key members but the, we don't don't do not discount any member of a team because you know it, they are all fundamentals small cogs whatever they may be and i've found that uh, even having spent time in treasury from a different perspective that this time as the as a political member within Treasury, that, that, that you know they're open to listen to ideas. They indeed feed a lot of information back to us. And as a, as a board, we make a balanced judgment, and with then we come up with a conscious decision for the best possible outcome for the people on the Isle of Man. And then the the, the person in, uh, uh, such as the Treasury Minister will deliver that. And that's I believe you know picking on what Sarah says, fully supportive of that. That we are a fantastic currently a fantastic team in treasury and working you know for the benefit of as much as we possibly can for our island residents in this these economic times which we've previously never never witnessed under huge pressure as well really. under pressure and, yeah. and and another another pressure obviously that mm-hmm. uh, that you have been facing is is this sudden disease that seems to have afflicted senior civil servants uh, during the course of this 12 months where They've they've all decided that maybe they would be better off in their gardens than than working for uh, the government. So uh, you you don't have that vast wealth of um, experience at a senior level uh, that that uh, you you may have had uh, twelve months ago. Yeah, I think that works both ways actually, because sometimes you could be faced with oh well, it's bit, oh we've always done it this way, and that's how we're going to continue. So I don't think I don't think there's any harm in having a balance. You need experience as well as fresh progressive reformists within uh, any organisation I believe you can't have one without the other to be honest but, uh, I mean you, I mean, today you've got myself and Mr Smith and Andrew's the oldest male politician in the House of Keys I'm the youngest female in the House of Keys and we're both in Treasury so you know you couldn't have two opposite uh, representatives mm-hmm. but within the organised within Treasury Department I actually give think it, it's beneficial because mm-hmm. we have that that, that um, scope broader sc- scope hopefully um, across the different demographics of the, of our community so you know I, I do think you need both yeah it has been an unsettled period I mean we've had our own unsettlement with the minister change and then the, the chief financial officer having to change you know it has been a period yeah. of unrest we've got a lot of credit we've got a lot of younger well qualified yeah. credible officers who are exceptionally 
competent mm -hmm. and uh, fantastic to work with and hey here we are today to to witness that so i think that's a, a major major plus yeah and i think when we talk about negative narrative as well for me i feel like if you continually talk about the like what you perceive rather than the reality then actually you're not going to encourage more people to come out of the woodwork who are qualified enough to do these jobs and say yeah i'm going to step forward and i'm going to do this you know i'm always i'm conscious we've got a skill shortage anyway on the isle of man let alone within um, places that we really do need the skilled um people to be able to take up those roles so yeah i think the negative narrative can sometimes get in the way of uh of progress sometimes and I, I that, that's disappointing because I would like to change that culture a little mm. bit more and say this is a good place to work we do work together and it is a collaborative approach and talking there about collaboration Sarah of course uh, you have the benefit of your voice and vote uh, counting for two because there are two members of the Labour Party in the House of Keys does is, is there a great assistance because because not only have you got a colleague but you also have a whole load of other party members presumably working away in the background helping you in terms of policy development and and, and this and that uh, is is that how it works or or are you pretty much the same as any of the the other members largely independent no we meet uh, regularly to discuss through our our ideas or any policy change that might be happening or if there's um anything that i'm uncomfortable with or not quite sure about we'll sit and uh, myself and jenny will sit together to, and talk about those issues and see how we're going to um come to when it comes to the vote how we're going to vote for starters uh, and also how what we've done in the background to be able to understand each other's position so if there might be something that she was quite um unsure about or wasn't able to change her position on but if we've spoken about it and we've had that conversation and actually said well, this is the reason why i came to this decision i've spoke to the membership about it and actually that's what i'm going to do we would never uh, be um in in a position where we would not support each other you know in as much as if you've come to a decision um then i that's your decision um, and we've obviously got the membership we've got as well as our constituents to be accountable to we have got the membership to be accountable to as well and and regular goes back to the communication again regular communication if you let people know what you're doing and the reasons why you're doing it most people will understand and are reasonable because again i think um people maybe see that occasionally the Labour Party doesn't vote on, uh, in the same direction mm -hmm. uh, and then they think, well, what's the point of having a party? We're only two at the moment and it's, it's, it's a growing, it has to be something that grows. I don't think we thought we were going to go in and suddenly turn everyone into Manx Labour Party members. I mean, in actual fact, you can say that people have very similar views and principles to the Manx Labour Party and why aren't they joining us if they've got such strong, passionate, well-held views? We'd like to encourage them to join. Um, but we... Yeah, yeah, we we pinned our colours to the flag and we've said where we stand and then um so so but obviously with that we're we're in a system at the moment where it's not a party political system so we have to work with what we've got and if we make sure that people know that's where our values lie that's where our principles lie and actually um we're trying our best but of course there's going to be um compromise sometimes uh, it's one step forward I think it's much better than just standing still and we've got different ways to approach things but that's what makes you wouldn't want us all doing the same either would and, you and, and Andrew have you has Sarah given you a membership form yet <laughs> or uh... 
you're not tempted? Not, 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 not tempted yet. I think consensus government works well for me, so I, I'm happy that you know we have a number of independent people, which you there, you know, you can have, have, there's freedom for debate, and then you can come together on as, as a consensus. So I'm happy with that. But nothing against party politics either, because obviously um, I used to, I came here from the United Kingdom, so I know all about the the various forms that those parties have gone through, but I've never actually been a member of any party uh, in my life. He's wearing a lovely life. red tie, though, today. <laughs> I've, got my, I've, got my red, I've got my red tie on today, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying Nearly to support. Yeah, yeah, but there we are. And, and yeah. I, I suppose it would be remiss of me not to uh, ask uh, specifically about the assisted dying situation. I mean, what, what actually has changed in, in your mind uh, or has anything changed in your mind well it, it, what, what i tried to do phil was that obviously my original stance was against um and then i was at that particular broadcast when there was quite a, a passion you know a passionate uh, discourse from a, a member of the audience so i thought well trying to you know look at politics in the bigger picture put and sometimes you have to put your personal, you know, personal, just as Sarah's mentioned with, with party politics sometimes, you have to put some things to one side. So I thought, well, put some things to one side and see that if, if I could get more information, then I would probably, you know, I probably could support it. Fair enough. But then, as soon as I started doing the research, and this is where it may be, in, it may have been um, ill, ill, ill thought through at the time to make it but you're under the spotlight it was the first i think was it studio, studio one, yeah. the first one and you say well probably better to say no to everything rather than say yes to anything until you've done research once i started doing deep research into this then i'm afraid the things that did raise the heads uh, both from jurisdictions that have got um, the legislation in place jurisdictions where the legislation was placed but it's been weakened and undermined as as various other things have come to light so i'm afraid that i just thought well I, currently as it stands then I, I just had to my my conscience just wouldn't let me progress so that's why and i thought rather do that at the beginning of the debate right than start to something way down the road and say well hang on a minute why did you not say it there and then so uh, and I made, in fairness, as I say, and that uh, broadcast is all freely available to anyone to watch. And I think that I've made my policy it's as clear as, as and as concise as, as anybody really could. And I have been, com I have been actually um, congratulated on that in, in days since. That you know you couldn't have been more concise and clear in in what you answer in the actual title of the meeting. Um, uh, so and, and I think that was it. Is, really. is, is this the part of the, the the problem when it comes to electing uh, politicians that we um expect too much on the electoral platform you know pe people are are standing they they obviously and anyone standing with the house of keys must at the very least want to change things uh, i can't imagine anybody wanting to put themselves through it all um and uh, not yeah. actually have any desire to yeah. to, to make the place yeah. uh, better mm -hmm. Um, but I think the but, other issue but, but, is... But one of the problems you've got is you are expected to have a stance on absolutely everything, yeah. uh, and you are expected to have that stance. And, and perhaps on, on you know, in, in certain occasions, it might be... In fact, on many occasions, it might be best just to say, actually, I really don't know enough about yeah. this to have a view one way or the other. Uh, but then you, you, you end up with uh, politicians going to election in five years, uh, after five years, 
um, and no one can hold them to account for anything because they haven't got yeah. a clear position. Yeah. So it's obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing, but it may um, may also be that in those situations that you, um, as you say, if you act if you are actively campaigning on something to get elected, and then there's a major shift, I can understand. You know, if it's written in your manifesto and you're actively campaigning on your door, you're knocking on every door and you're saying, I stand for this. And so therefore you are sowing the seed in the voters' mind to vote for you on on that particular policy. I understand that. But in this instance, that was not the case. So I was just a bit um, bemused by it, um, and especially the fact that, as I say, sadly the the people decided that they should call a requisition meeting rather than approach me directly and say, "Well, look, we, we've got these issues. Can you explain?" So, but that, that's as I say. I think it, I'm not. It's not water under the bridge, but it's it's kind of it, it's an episode that is passed, and I'm now moving on to the next chapter because I know that the the issue will continue to um, evolve. And I'm happy to, um, you know, to continue in the debate. But I just, as, as I said earlier, I just thought I just needed to make that clear at the outset because otherwise it would, um, it would, I would think the cloud, cloud my position going, you know, into uh, forward. I had a similar experience to yours, not, not quite the same. I was standing for, for the by-election, which ultimately I, I was successful in. I think ten days before the actual election, my uh, soon-to-be colleagues in Russian, John Rim- Rimmington and Quentin Gill, decided to bring forward legislation on assisted dying. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, overnight, I, I, you know, I had this load and load of emails and phone calls piling in, what, what is your stance? And uh, it's, it's an enormously difficult thing when it's uh, probably something that most people wouldn't have had much thought of, um, and then suddenly you're expected to pin your colours to, to the mast with very little research. And I, I suppose that it's, it's, it's a complicated one, isn't it, Sarah? Sarah? I mean, uh, you know, I in terms of the Labour Party, I suppose you, you're, you are able to develop policies. Um, so you, you've, you, as, a, as a party, you, you have all those policies in place. But there are still issues that come along from time to time which aren't party policy. Uh, which then are left for you as an, an individual to try and reach a decision on. You know, matters of conscience, I guess that's how you'd describe it. You can't really... We're, we're very complex individuals, let alone as a nation, together collectively. Um, so, you know, you can't always have an opinion on absolutely everything. And in fact, people who tend to have a, an opinion on absolutely everything tend to not be the people I want to hang out with because they seem to be experts but actually have no real-life uh, experience, you know, Um yeah, I mean, I think we need to remember as well that it was a private members' bill that's been brought forward by Mr. Allenson for um, consideration, and obviously since then he's become the Treasury Minister. So you know, I think there's going to be a long way before we actually get any further um, before it actually comes back to us. But yeah, no, it's it's an it's an interesting topic. It's a huge. Uh, topic to discuss as well but i think that's all that can be said on it for now until we hear any more we're coming towards the end of the program now and uh, i suppose the uh, the obvious uh, question is uh, have you actually been effective have you i mean you, you're bound to say that you have i would have thought uh, in in the last 12 months but but um, what 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 things can you actually point to by way of evidence of real change that you've actually managed to deliver over the course of the last 
uh, 12 months. Uh, Andrew, if we well, think maybe start. I think because part of my role in uh, in Treasury is to, uh, and you might have heard of this, it may have been in place when you were there, Phil, uh, the Strategic Asset and Capital Investment Committee. And as chair of that committee, obviously, I've got to um, oversee all the, as it says in the title, as strategic assets and capital investments on the Isle of Man. And um, what I've tried to do during my tenure, which is not long, as you know, only those literally 10 months or whatever it may be, is to uh, not only look at the the budgeting and and the, the spend and how the capital project should run, but actually visit the sites on a regular basis to interact with those that are working on the sites to get a first-hand opinion as to are we on track are there any are there any hidden issues here that we we need to be aware of because don't come to me in nine months time and say sorry we're overspent by two million you know whatever it may be so in fairness i think that is a key change because they've never they've never had that before they've said well what you know treasury what, what you know why, why are you turned up on site in your in your hard hat and your and your steel toe cap boots. I said, well, because I need to see, I need something tangible to say. Well, hang on a minute. I've committed, or we have committed as a as a nation, all this money to this project. We have to deliver, hopefully on time and under budget is the key, mm-hmm. uh, but at least on budget. And if it's not going to plan, we need to know before you feel you want to tell us. So I believe that is one crucial area, in fairness, that uh, that I have tried to make that change during my tenure in, within uh, Treasury. And are, are there any any particular things that you've identified in that role that you think actually that this is one of the big nuts that really remains uncracked and needs yes, to be sorted? Yes, well, obviously I've, I've, I spent today over in Liverpool, at the Liverpool landing stage, to try and get my head around why we'd had to spend so much money and I couldn't see anything. Well, it's a bit like an iceberg in that a lot of a lot has gone underground. Now, there are arguments out there as to why we didn't know this and why, but unfortunately, that is, is a discussion for another day. But for now, we can now see we've got this, what I would suggest is an iconic building on the Mersey, glass-fronted, with a, with a view to die for, across the whole of the Mersey estuary, down, up north, south, east, west, every every quarter. So this is something that we should be we should be proud of it as a flagship. And I know it's cost millions of pounds, and millions of pounds more than it should have cost. But it, we were in a, again, we were in a situation. So all I'm saying is we've, we were in that situation. So at least someone now needs to be in a, to try and control it so that it doesn't get any further um, from where we need to be. And then um, probably one of the other ones is the uh, the new development, which where the old Glenside nursing home used to be at the top of Summer Hill. So that's another one that I've been monitoring quite um you know quite quite regularly to see that that's on track and on budget because uh, they're key, as it said, in infrastructural projects for the Isle of Man, which are really needed by all everybody concerned. Sarah, then uh, what what uh, what would you point to as your your great achievement in the last twelve months? A great achievement, wowzers! Uh, I'd actually said I've been very busy uh, and not just busy running around but actually busy being effective and working on those outcomes which I think are the most important thing that's what people want don't want us to sit around talking and constantly producing reports without actually delivering on the outcome so I'd say um, being in, within social security the automation that that is going to be transformative transformative <laughs> sorry easy to say transformative uh, transformative thank you Phil, 
but it is it's you know the forms are complex it's even harder to say the word um no the forms are complex and it's going to make it far more easier for people to be able to access support so being part of that that's actually going to deliver an actual tool which will make it far easier for people to be able to get support so to find out whether they're eligible for support so from their own homes uh, which i think is really important that we've got that connection back with the community because it's become far too complex and that's not good. Uh, the petition of redress, so with the footpaths and the bridleways and the green lanes, uh, that's a, a select committee that I uh, f- very happy to, to be able to chair. That reports back to Timwood in November. And the idea of that um, select committee is to say, we've got this money going to different departments. Can we pool that money together, the resources together? And we have three recommendations that we'll be actually asking Coleman to adopt and to take forward. Um, so I feel that's that's a huge thing. As a new member to go in and pick up a petition, uh, get a select committee together, then to chair it and then produce a report all within the first year, I think is a, is a big issue. And the fact that we had so many people respond to the consultation and want to produce evidence and come to our uh, evidence sessions meant that this is a big subject for the island man. Mental health and well-being actually is probably going to become an even more of a hot topic when we go into this um, into this winter. So you know it hasn't gone away. Um, the private members bill that I'm actually had had permission to. Uh, Labour for t- at the House of Keys, so that was the for the right to manage companies. So to la- allow those companies, once that legislation is active, for the leaseholders to be co- to buy the freehold without fault. So I think that's also a big thing to have a private members bill in your first year, um, and obviously the different things that are involved in the inclusion of scrutiny group, uh, being the independent chair that has been a real honour. We've been involved in the apology, uh, the ethical sounding board for the apology there from Gary, uh, the constable there. Um, so yeah, and then Max Lottery Trust, Max Lottery Trust, that's been a big one. I really enjoyed being part of that because that's been able to broaden our scope of support. So I think that's been, to be able to influence and to be part of that organisation has been really fantastic and, and obviously the Poverty Committee. So yeah, I have been everywhere. I, ha- I have done lots of different things in this last year, but actually we are changing regulations based on what we're doing in the Poverty Committee, which I'm able to influence and change and uh, make positive changes and, and and hopefully that will impact people in their uh, daily lives. Well, um, you've obviously both been very busy, uh, and sadly, uh, that's uh, the end of of the programme. So thanks very much both for coming up. Andrew Smith and Sarah Maltby certainly think they're fulfilling important roles, and they seem to have some evidence to back that up. But the successes or failures of the Canada administration depend very much on an effective control of public finances. The huge financial commitment which Tynwald will be asked to support next month does not come cheap, but neither do the consequences of allowing the financial crises we're facing to go unaddressed. Please get in touch with Phil Gorn at manxradio.com and let me know your thoughts and views on the programme. And don't forget the podcast is available from Manx Radio's website. But for now, I'm Phil Gorn, Gorn 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 Gor